Well, good morning. I thought I'd slow it down a little bit and keep it fairly simple and maybe even short. Just a little intro to a book uh, and a little uh, further intro to a lady. So what am I talking about? It's the book called The Secret Oral Teachings in Tibetan Buddhist Sex. That's written by Alexander David Neal and Lama Yongden. I've explained uh, who they are. Uh, Miss uh, Madame Alexandra David Neal was a contemporary of Madame Blavatsky of the Theosophical Society. Uh, Madame Blavatsky had been into Tibet prior to her, arguably, uh, and had taught her as well. Okay, now why I'm mentioning this is because um, Alexandra David Neal is known for a number of works. One of the most famous is um, her fictional account of a story. Uh, that was actually translated by the same uh, person that did the foreword for the koan book by Suzuki that we read yesterday, right? It's this, uh, you know, kismet or synergistic uh, connections. And further to me, right, so yes, I'm going to talk about two really obscure people that Madame uh, David Neal went into Tibet at the turn of the century. She was an anarchist, a feminist, an opera singer. And she adopted that uh, Lama Yongden uh, after they traveled for years together. She adopted and brought him back to France. She's the darling of France. Um, her little temple site that she set up in the the uh, Haute Province, Province, I think is what they call it, right? The the high provinces or high, um, you know, in the mountains of France. And uh, the translation of one of the documentaries mentioned it. It was her, her Petit Himalaya, her little Himalayas. But as I said, I wanted to look at some uh, authors that are a little less um, esoteric, if you will. So, uh, yes, the book is by Alexander David Neal. I highly recommend reading it. Uh, it's one of the few uh, that were available in English. This goes back to 67. I don't know when it was actually translated into English. But I'm going to read the foreword. The foreword's by uh, Alan Watts. It's not someone who I've ever mentioned because, again, as I said before, I started early on, uh, got a lot of information from, you know, the Theosophical Society, Olcott, Ivan Wentz, uh, Blavatsky, but also uh, direct translations uh, from the German, from the French, of course, obviously from Sanskrit or from Tibetan into the German or the French, right? Um, so I myself preferred to get it as close to the source as possible, so I never really listened much to Alan Watts. I also didn't like how he blended the Taoist and the, the Buddhist um, so freely without explaining where the, the demarcation right, begins and ends. But on that note, like I said, I want to introduce... Miss uh, well, Madame David Neal, as well as uh, give you an idea of who Alan Watts was, just from the reading of this, in his relation to Buddhism in the West. I don't want to minimize his importance, uh, both to Buddhism and Zen in the West, Taoism even, uh, but also to a number of practitioners who right, uh, maybe started with him. Right? His famous book, the book, which talked about um, minimizing the self, uh, but at the same time understanding uh, the importance 
uh, of the individual. But on that note, here's the foreword to the book, The Secret Oral Teachings in Tibetan Buddhist Sects, by Alexander David Neal and Lama Yongden. The foreword by Alan Watts. For several years, I have referred to this hitherto rare and inaccessible work as the I Told You So book, because it has often been implied that I have invented my explanations of Buddhism out of thin air, thus falsifying its authentic teachings. Madame Alexandra David Neal is a French woman now, in 1967, as he writes this, 100 years old, and who had traveled and studied extensively in Tibet, who adopted the lately deceased Lama Yongden as her son, and who has recorded her experiences in such romantically entitled works as Initiations and Initiates in Tibet and Mystics and Magicians in Tibet, both of which first appeared in English translation in 1931. The present volume has similarly uh, has a similarly esoteric title, reminiscent of the fantasies of H.P. Blavatsky, Talbert, uh, Talbot, Mundy, James Hilton, and Labsang Rampa who, with a very superficial knowledge of Tibetan Buddhism, have given us an image of Tibet as the secret stronghold of the most mysterious and adept masters of the occult and mystical sciences, depicting the high-ranking Buddhist monks or lamas as super-technicians in the exercise of psychic powers far beyond the reach of ordinary mortals. Yet, despite the occultist flavor of its title, the secret oral teachings in the Tibetan Buddhist sects. Uh, it's the most direct, no-nonsense, and down-to-earth explanation of Mahayana Buddhism, which has thus far been written. Specifically, it is a wonderfully lucid account of the Madhyamaka, the middle way, school of Buddhism, a method of meditation and enlightenment which was worked out sometime between 150 and 250 A.D., by the great Indian sage and pandit Nagarjuna. More detailed and scholarly studies of this method may be found in T.R.V. Murti's Central Philosophy of Buddhism, 1955, and in Edward Kant's marvelous translation of the Prana Paramita literature, published by the Buddhist Society of London. Madame David Neal, however, writes for the non-academic student who wants simply to practice and experience this method as a way of overcoming the hang-ups, klesha, right? hindrances, which follow from the illusion that one is, in fact, an individual ego, separate from the eternal and inconceivable ground of all existence, shunyata. It is especially important for Westerners to understand that high lamas, Zen masters, and Hindu gurus in the discipline of yoga are human beings, not supermen. We must put them, as we have put Jesus, on pedestals of reverence, so high that we automatically exclude ourselves. We must not, yeah, we must not put them, as we have with previous pundits, on pedestals of reverence so high that we automatically exclude ourselves from their states 
of consciousness. Man may have potentialities of all kinds for the psychotechnology of clairvoyance, telekinesis, uh, precognition, and telepathy, not to mention epipathy, catapathy, apopathy, and peripathy. I don't know what any of those means, so by all means look them up. Power games of this kind are not, however, the main concern of Tibetan Buddhism, nor of any of these practices. On the contrary, the point is to realize that by virtue of what you always are, have been, and will be, there is no need whatsoever to defend yourself or prove yourself. And he wrote this uh, August 1967 in Sausalito, California. So that's what? 53 years ago? Is it 53 years ago? Yeah. Right. So, like I said, that's Alan Watts. Maybe uh, just to give you a little teaser, I'll read the preface. This is a preface written by Madame Alexandra David Neal for the book The Secret Oral Teachings in Tibetan Buddhist Sects. This particular book wasn't published till 1967. This book gives the reader a report on the corpus of teaching. So, broad... Um, overview of the teachings. Uh, what's called by the Tibetan Gzangwai Damnang. That is to say, secret teachings. So I apologize to anyone who speaks uh, Tibetan. Now I uh, absolutely destroyed that. But the preface goes on and says, the way in which we should understand the adjective secret applied to these teachings is explained in the following pages as well as the manner in which they are transmitted. I have been careful to show them in an entirely objective way. Whatever opinion I personally may hold should not be expressed in a presentation which does not aim at propaganda and only purposes to make known some of the doctrines held by an elite of Tibetan intellectuals who are not easily accessible to foreign investigators. It is open to each of my readers to form their own opinion of the theories they will find in this book. She used his and he, but anyways. They can reflect and meditate on them if they so wish. In every sphere, the task of the investigator consists solely in offering, offering to their hearers a number of facts likely to widen their knowledge. Right? So, she's, you know, trying to... Uh, give you a warning that she's no expert. But uh, the funny thing is, uh, she was able to get a real good grasp of it. So I highly recommend that you read the book. Uh, it's quite interesting. It talks about uh, conditional reality, which we've talked about. It talks about Shinyata doctrine, the emptiness doctrine. Uh, it goes into some, um, some of the esoteric stuff, but not many, not many. Again, that's what she was referring to. The esoteric tradition is more... Um, you know, you need to be um, committed and have the faith necessary, right? So, just as the Buddha said, there weren't a lot of people that he felt capable of even hearing the, the teachings, let alone uh, implementing them or even understanding. Not because we're incapable, but because uh, the ego just doesn't want us 
to get it.